This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. And it could be a sad day for enthusiasts. Are we on the verge of seeing the V8 engine go extinct? That's what Tim Kaniskas, the head of the Dodge brand, and a total gearhead himself, is saying. Here's the background. Dodge is all about heart-thumping horsepower. Heck, It even ran a program where new buyers got a $10 rebate for every horsepower the car produced. But stricter emission regulations are expected to come under the Biden administration, and Dodge is going to have to adjust. Brand CEO Tim Kaniska says, quote, The days of an iron block supercharged 6.2 liter V8 are numbered. They're absolutely numbered because of all the compliance costs but there's still a way for Dodge to remain true to its image, and that's electrification. Kaniskas confirmed it would be adding electric and plug-in hybrid technology in the coming years as a way to provide performance that would still rival a Hellcat, although he notes that it's still waiting for the cost of components to come down so its electrification adoption could come a little later than some might expect. But one way to bring down cost is to add more scale, and Jeep president Christian Munier recently responded, quote, for sure, when asked if the Gladiator would be electrified. The brand has already confirmed the Wrangler will have a plug-in hybrid variant called 4XE, so it would make sense for the Gladiator to get the same setup, which includes a 2-liter turbo engine mated to an 8-speed automatic transmission with an integrated electric motor and a 17-kilowatt-hour battery pack. That same setup, or a modified version, could be adopted for the Dodge lineup as well. And now to the polar opposite end of the spectrum. Could K cars go extinct? That's what they're saying. The tiny 660cc city cars are very special to Japan. The category has been around since 1949, when Japan created the regulations for K cars to help build up the country's auto industry after World War II. What started out as simple, cheap runabouts has morphed into tiny, technical powerhouses. Today's K-cars are sophisticated but affordable, typically costing around $9,000 to $15,000. But Japanese automakers are afraid that turning K-cars into battery electrics will double the price. Even more, they're deeply worried that tiny, cheap electrics from China like Wolling's Hongguang Mini EV with a base price of only $4,200, will take over the K-Car segment. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. to know what drives your testing 
OTA, Connected Car, Diagnostics, Remote Testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. Chinese automaker Geely announced it and Foxconn, the company that assembles iPhones, are in talks to contract manufacture vehicles for EV startup Faraday Future. Geely says it signed a tentative deal to offer its technology and engineering know-how to Faraday. Geely also revealed it's now a minority investor in Faraday's listing. The startup is going public through a reverse merger with Property Solutions Acquisition Corporation, which is valued at $3.4 billion. That chip shortage continues to slow down car production all over the world and is likely to cause car prices to go higher. Here's why. It looks like some car companies are cutting sales to daily rental companies, especially trucks and SUVs. And that same thing is happening on the commercial fleet side. Automakers typically sell vehicles to fleets at a discount. But with the chip shortage limiting how many vehicles they can make, they're concentrating on the retail side of the business where they can make more money. But as we keep pointing out, General Motors has not cut production. Somehow GM saw this shortage coming before everyone else and made sure it locked in enough supply. Even so, GM is telling its suppliers that things will be pretty tight for a couple more months. In some cases, it can take months for a Tesla owner to get their vehicle repaired after they're in a collision. That's because the company has to rely on third-party repair shops to fix its vehicles. So to help speed up repair times, in 2019 the company announced plans to launch its own in-house collision repair program. At first, it was limited to small repairs, like paint scuffs and scratches, minor dents, and bolt-on replacements. But now, Tesla is expanding the service to include suspension and axle damage, front and rear bumpers, hoods, liftgate and side mirror caps, as well as doors, wheels, and all glass repair. Owners can now book an appointment through the Tesla app, and the repairs will be taken care of by in-house technicians. We now know just how much the pandemic hurt car sales last year. According to Ward's Intelligence, Automakers sold 75.7 million passenger vehicles globally in 2020. That's nearly 13 million fewer than in 2019, or a 14% drop. Including commercial and heavy-duty trucks, the industry sold 79 million vehicles last year. However, things are starting to improve. Global light vehicle sales in December were up 10% compared to November, and up 3.5% compared to the prior December. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Borg Warner, propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. Race fans were treated to a nail-biting 24 hours of Daytona, and it was a battle of the manufacturers. 
Acura took the overall win in the top DPI prototype category, followed by Cadillac and Mazda. In the GTLM category, Corvette C8Rs took a 1-2 sweep, followed by a BMW M8. And in the GTD category, Mercedes-Benz AMGs swept the first two positions, followed by a Lamborghini Huracan. And if you tuned in for the action, you may have also gotten your first taste of Cadillac's track-focused CT4V and CT5V Blackwing. The brand showed a teaser video during one of the commercial breaks, and while there's not much detail we can go into now, the cars make their official debut tonight at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So, expect a report in tomorrow's show. And speaking of teasers, we've got two more quick ones for you. Nissan gave a glimpse at the all-new Pathfinder, which gets its full unveiling on February 4th. And Lexus also teased a new concept, which will hint at the design future of its next-generation vehicles. Jaguar has brought back a number of its most iconic models, built brand new at the company's Classic Works facility to the same standards as they were back in the day. It calls them continuation vehicles. And now it's doing the same thing with the C-Type, which was originally made between 1951 and 1953. It's going to make eight of these new C-Types, but they'll be specced like the race car that won Le Mans in 1953, with disc brakes and a 220-horsepower inline six-cylinder with three Weber carburetors. The original privately-owned C-Types came with drum brakes and a 200-horsepower engine with two SU carburetors. While some might say these continuation cars dilute the history and value of the original cars, I have a hard time sympathizing with that because I don't think I'll ever be able to afford one of them. So not only do we think they're really cool, they're raking in some good dough for Jaguar. The automaker doesn't list the price, but a company official has said that past continuation cars typically cost between $1.3 and $2.7 million. When Jaguar has finished building all of its continuation cars, including the lightweight E-Type, the XKSS, the D-Type, and now the C-Type, it will have made 48 in all. That means they'll have brought in somewhere between $62.4 and $129.6 million. If you consider a decently equipped E-Pace costs about $48,000, Jaguar would have to sell between 1,300 and 2,700 of them just to equal what the continuation cars brought in. Who knows if they generate the same amount of profit, but it's hard to think Jaguar is losing money on them. But that brings us to the end of this show. Thanks for watching, and we'll be right back here again tomorrow.